head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 212 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Marty Smith of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we look back and on a week that nothing much happened really... <laughs> Uh, we're looking forward to a week. Where on a weekend, there probably nothing much will happen. Yeah, as well. we're uh, recording this here on Friday night. Well, we'll put it out probably Saturday morning anyway, but uh, only a couple of hours. So if, uh, it's something probably happen now Friday night. But yeah, not much has happened. But we have a few topics here to discuss. A bit of bit of old chat, bit of old banter, and uh, my birthday's coming up on Monday as well. Bit so, of an old chinwag. Bit of crack anyway. What do you get me for my birthday? Jesus, uh, your birthday wasn't that yeah. like thirty odd years ago? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, my birth anniversary. <laughs> I got you uh, nothing. Nothing. That's very nice, isn't it? Did you watch uh, the finale of Game of Thrones last week? No, I didn't. I heard people complaining about ruining the whole thing before the. Yeah, finale. they kind of did. It's, it was. I was thinking about it like that. These boys that made Game of Thrones are a bit like Jurgen Klopp, whereas they're like <laughs> they're absolutely brilliant until it comes to the very end, and then they got a shit. So <laughs> hopefully that continues over the next when is the Champions League finals it this, it's not this next weekend, weekend. Is it next weekend it's, oh. no it's usually two weeks after the season but uh, it's three weeks for some reason it's, yeah, it's strange yeah, it's because the Premier League like rushed the season didn't they at the start they get, I don't know but they, they, they did yeah but usually like usually it's around the 25th or 26th of of, mm-hmm. of uh, May but this time it's the 1st of June I yeah. don't know why 20 years to tomorrow I think or the day after since Man United won the treble uh, the real treble no one else has won it since so yeah, it's pretty pretty good anyway. But uh, look, best of luck to you. Hope uh, did I will not, uh, not win some kind of treble with the Community Shield and they did. Yeah, Man, <laughs> Man City got close. They won the domestic. Do you remember Liverpool won the Queen Couple with the Dirty yeah. Shield and the Super Cup? Yeah. <laughs> remember, yeah, that was hilarious that time. All Liverpool, we won five cups, even on one of them the next we, season. Yeah, and then like Man United fans were trying to claim the charity or the Community Shield and. A couple of years ago, Mourinho after after laughing at Gerard Julian. Yeah, isn't it funny though that Mourinho actually still has won? Even if Klopp wins uh, the weekend, Mourinho has won more at Man United than Klopp has won. Even D- David Moyes actually has yeah, won more. Yeah, the greatest achievement of his career, getting that bunch of he knackered is, lads it, it to his second in the in. His, remember his greatest achievement in football. Mm. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said he is, himself, he's fucking dead right. He's a hundred percent dead right. But anyway, let's get into a let's get into a bit of MMA. Let's talk first, I think, a bit about Irish MMA. And this weekend, there was an article up, I think it was the Writing Irish had it up, about uh, Battle Arena, which was supposed to have an event this weekend, and it was cancelled. And if, if you want to see what they say about it, go over to their Facebook and stuff. Uh, they, they basically said that they, they had all these organisations set up to have their... Uh, to have the event, and it, it was pulled. They didn't say who pulled or why it was pulled, but you, know, you can read exactly what they said. But the event didn't happen anyway. Now... This organization isn't under the IWMWA, which is the president, John Cavanagh, you know, Andy Ryan, and all those lads uh, in that group. It's under the IAMMA, I believe. You know, these fucking, all these, all these letters are, are very confusing stuff, which are not associated with the IWMWA uh, and which aren't looking for government regulation with the IWMWA anyway. I don't know if they're if they're doing it separately or whatever and it's not associated with uh, IMAF, which would be the ones that run the, you know, the, the world the amateur championships uh, and everything like that. So we've kind of two competing groups here 
and a kind of a, a mess of a situation really this I think it's the second time maybe the third time this is at least two times anyway that Battle Arena have tried to put on an event and it has been cancelled uh, pretty close to it what, what are your takes on the situation Graham do you think like what, what do you think altogether I'll, I'll tell you what I think um, it's hard to know when they haven't really given the reasons but they were saying that two, it was kind of last minute cancellations on the on the medical medical staff I believe mm-hmm. see they they have uh, the the medical the, the I think there's Red Cross and someone else from up the north as well Blue uh, Code which, or, or Code Blue maybe I don't it? think it's Code Blue which they have I think that's oh. the one which I think it's uh, the one you need I think yeah I think is that's it? the one you need but the problem here is and I think the whole crux of this problem is the IWMWA are looking for that government uh, recognition and they put up an article on their website, their, I believe, newly formed website, which we'll, we'll get to in a, in a few minutes, about how they had a meeting last week in Cork below it uh, around the time of Cage Legacy and they agreed on lots of stuff and they're going to go back. John Kavanaugh was on the Late Late Show talking about it a while back as well and they're going to go back now to the government and they have a plan from 2019 to 2024, I believe it is, to look for this uh, regulation. Now, that that's perfect. I, I I don't think any people have will have any problem like that. But at the moment, that group it does not have is not like an official legislative group. You know, it's not there yet. It's it's that's where it's trying to get right. So the issue here is they have kind of started those rules, which a lot of people say maybe are a bit too far. Other people say they're exactly what we need. Which you know, I'm I'm I I'd say you know safety is better, especially what happened to George Carvalho. You know, that's where it comes from. But this other group want to kind of do it their own way and don't you know want to do it the way which it was done before let's say and that's kind of where the conflict is kind of happening there that this you know the the IWMWA which was kind of in association or in talks with the government to try to become the government side of the sport in Ireland have kind of this set of rules where you know the the amateur side of the sport where you have to wear a certain amount of thing you you know a certain amount of rounds and time and you know, all those different rules and you know, obviously it's a big change for, for those other people and they don't all agree with it and everything like that. And, you know, as a result, there has been that conflict, that kind of divide and stuff uh, as well. But to me, it's... We live... If this was just right, there's there's two groups and this one group, like John Kevin and the other lads, tried to look for regulation and this other group uh, were having an argument with them. You know, I, I could understand that. But... And, 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 you know, I, I understand anyway, but the the point of where it's coming from is the issue here because it was after Joe Carvalho's death and these things had to be put in place for anyone to take it seriously, for the government to take it seriously, for people to even listen to it. These things kind of had to be put in place. And, you know, a lot of people um, could make the argument that it's kind of gone a little bit too far. It's almost too safe, which, you know, for MMA can never be too safe. But that that's an argument some people would put forward. But I kind of think... The where we are now after Joe Carvalho's death, that there's kind of no going back. You know, even if the points that those people have are valid, yeah. and I think some of them are, you, you can't have to be go extra, extra careful. You have to be extra careful. It I, it's can't happen the, again. It just yeah. can't. Like it shouldn't happen the first time, and mm-hmm. should never happen in MMA. But if it happens twice like, in the same little island, uh, it's yeah. very, very bad. They're trying to get the sport recognised. Like they're and they're made a big announcement. Uh, we're going to come onto the onto it, mm-hmm. but they, you know, this is a, an important time, and it, they probably just don't want to risk it. And it's terrible for like the people setting up, setting it up. But they probably should have known that if they don't do it the, the, the way that the that the IMMAA are doing mm-hmm. it, uh, then there's a chance it's going to be called off. They, they should have known that from the last time they tried to put it on the show. So I don't know what assurances they were given, or they thought they do something differently and it would be okay, but. Uh, 
yeah, it, it was always a risk, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for me, I, I, like, I see where they're coming from. I feel sorry for those people as well. Because I, I think they have the best intentions as well. But it's it's in a very odd, you know, sphere that we're we're kind of living here. That everything is being looked through differently because of the whole darker value situation and because of the rules that have been put in, whether you like them or not. So, in my opinion, what I, I think needs to and happen because they're trying to get regulated properly. Exactly, that's exactly like I think everyone needs to really come together, even if you don't agree with it right now. I think everyone has to come together and use the rules which are there now you know the brain scans I know it's expensive and everything like that and I know put on a show it's very expensive and almost no one's been able to do it apart from Cage Legacy you know fair play to them I know it's very hard but I think there's going to be there's going to have to be a lot of sacrifice over the next few years to get the sport to where it wants to get to and then when it gets to that position when it gets regulated by the government I think then is the time for those serious conversations to take place where you can roll it back maybe a little bit don't as as hardline and and as you know expensive and everything like that as it is right now I think right now if you try to do that it's only going to go backwards it's only going to drive it away from government regulation it's only going to drive people you know like maybe you know who uh, people in the government or people you know in the media maybe who don't want it uh, to be regulated it'll drive them away it'll give them you know further credence to to go with their argument that MMA is not a sport and shouldn't be regulated and shouldn't be allowed in Ireland so I, I really do think if if you you need to get it to that position where you're established where you're a sport where there's there's nothing they can do to you you and them are the same people you're working together and then have those chats like boxing mm-hmm Oh, yeah, a hundred percent, exactly. And you, you know, and you can have those chats beforehand as well, but have them together. You know, have John Kavanagh and uh, uh, the the lads from the IAMMA together, and have Andy Ryan with those lads, and and all you know, Paul Couser and all those lads that are there involved in Irish MMA. Have them all together, and I know they've tried to do that that before. But I think you're gonna you're gonna have to try to do it again, and you're gonna have to try to move the sport forward doing it this way. Now. That's one argument, but then another kind of thing, which we'll we'll touch on briefly. I like, I think these people need to to tell us more what they're doing, what their you know what their plans are, what they want to do, what they hope to achieve. Like we hear almost nothing. You know, I I mentioned the, the website there. I think the website's only only just there. I've I've got one press release in an email from them, and it was from the I uh, It was from IMAF. So like. They should be sending us press releases every time they do something, every time they have a meeting, and this is the way they move forward. Tell us because there are, there aren't that many people covering the sport in 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 Ireland. Like there's myself and, and you and Pizzi and Noel and the boys and and the writing Irish I mentioned earlier and a few more people as well. But it's we need that information. And the yeah, it's public, not hard to like round up those email addresses. Yeah, and, uh, five email addresses in the middle. because press releases letting people know what's going on. Whenever I talk to people about it, they're like, "What's going on?" You know, and we we'd obviously hear things, and you you know you we we mentioned in this podcast, we've talked about it in the podcast before, but this is something which. If they're looking to get regulated, which they obviously are, they need to be moving forward step by step by step. And on that um, statement that they gave on, that they gave on their website, the IWMWA said there has been steps taken over the last year. So, uh, and I've no reason to, to not believe them. I believe they have. But tell us what those steps are. Every every month, send out a, a press release telling us what those steps are. We can update the people. The people 
you know, even even tweeted out. John Cavan has loads of Twitter followers. Tweeted out the the press release that goes up on on the um on on the website or whatever, and so the people know, so the people know what's going on, so that you know the people covering the sport, uh, between the the MMA people covering the sport and the further sports people covering the sport and politics and everything like that, know what's going on and know where the sport is actually moving in Ireland. I I really think that is a a big issue that they've kind of fucked up on over the last couple of years, and. It's an issue which is, it does nothing but benefit them, I think. Because they have the power to, to tell us what they're doing. You know, if something goes wrong, okay, te- I'd, I'd love them to tell us. But they're, you can spin it your own way. You know, have a PR person there to send out that thing. You know, they, they did it, I think uh, Izzy Cartwright put, sent out, put the thing today, the, the article, which obviously a very, very good, you know, PR article. We are talking about it here. I, I tweeted it out a couple of weeks ago as well. I think she did it as well for IMAP as well. Okay, like, if you someone like that, I know it's it's tough to employ people like that and stuff, but, you, you know, John Cavan is well able to, to, to write a, a press release or something like that. I really think that's a way they can benefit and move forward and move forward together. So, uh, look... I, it's it, it's good that I think we're talking about it and it's good that they're even talking about it uh, kind of outside like my biggest issue and my biggest gripe as well and I don't know what you're taking it but I hate the way everything is kind of run on Facebook pages like you know <laughs> it just annoys me so much it's like some people don't even have Facebook and you can't look at them yeah but that like it's so childish it's embarrassing like you're you whichever side of the the argument you're on you want to get the sport uh legalized you want the sport to be you know to to be official in ireland wherever you are you know whatever your argument uh is so do it right act professional be not just act professional be professional have your board have your meeting tell people what you're doing in your meeting and don't have like you know bitching on facebook and in the comments you don't need to do me you don't need to do minutes of the meeting or anything just like a little summary of like what you're doing it would be perfect maybe now that they've kind of have this website going and you do get a press release maybe they're going to ramp it up a little bit maybe they're taking it a bit more taking a hold of it a bit more and being more proactive about it so hopefully that that'll be the case but uh if prior if the history then go by it'll be these like statements on facebook that you have to go check for like yeah uh, on the facebook group as you're mentioning and it's it's just not easy to do it and uh an email into your into your e- inbox is obviously much easier and what most do and what i am after as you mentioned and you know uh izzy carnwright and uh jordan kern like mm-hmm. uh somebody like that like just somebody just send a few emails as you mentioned if if uh if nobody wants to do it who's on the board it's mm-hmm. it's, it's i know it's like it's not big money in this but it wouldn't it wouldn't be a, a big expenditure yeah 100 percent. and i like i i really think something like that would make an an absolute big difference and and it wouldn't it would take almost nothing for him to do it so look hopefully that that happens and, you know it has been happening a little bit and i know if you know to say that one press release and, and a website is moving forward but look hopefully it does move forward hopefully the other group can move forward as well and you know I, th- I think they both have yeah. they both have fair points if they can move forward together and Irish MMA yeah. can move forward you know hopefully yeah it's terrible for the promoters and all the it fighters is, yeah. are trained and like couldn't wait and stuff but uh, it's just they're probably what they're thinking is it's just not worth the risk yeah that is true that is true but look uh, I suppose we'll we say this a lot but we'll, we'll kind of see how this plays out and see see how it happens over the next six months and, and year and probably even longer at this stage by by the looks of it um, while on Irish MMA I suppose Conor McGregor just tweeted out a picture there a couple of hours ago that he is injured looks like he is a, a thumb injury or a hand injury or anything like that so a lot of people saying wondering why Conor McGregor is 
he's not fighting and why he doesn't have a fight booked, I suppose that's that's the answer for it. Looks like it's in a cast and stuff as well, so he probably won't be around for the next couple of you know, couple of months anyway. Let's say if it takes you know, two two and a half, three months to, to prepare for a fight and then he's out for another month maybe or, or so with the injury, you're probably looking at you know, Christmas or later in the year anyway. So Big blow to Conor McGregor fans, and you know you being the, <laughs> the biggest son of them all, big Conor McGregor shill, and he, uh, <laughs> and he takes on the injury me. and I'm stuff. Um, it's a may people get injured. It happens all the mm-hmm. time. Uh, if he had a fight booked, you know, history would probably tell us that he probably would have just you know carried on. But when you don't have a fight booked, you might as well probably you know wait. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's thinking. You know, you never know what Conor's thinking and what he's going to do next. But it would probably be the smart thing to do to. To wait until that hand heals up. The hand is pretty, pretty important for <laughs> punching and for grappling. You know, it's, it's. I know he's gone. People say, oh, he's fought through worse injuries or knee injuries and stuff. But in MMA, the hand is 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 huge. Like, um, you're not letting anybody down because you don't have a fight book. So it's probably the best option is to wait for it to heal. Did he ever break his hand before or have a hand injury? Um, I think going into the Parier fight, he had a minor mm-hmm. uh, thumb injury. I believe was it some kind of injury um, and going into the Eddie Alvarez fight I believe he had some kind of did he what, did he say, did he say in some interview that the reason he, he he was putting his hands behind his back like that was in he training actually, he, was, yeah. he was saying something about that yeah I wasn't actually in the camp for that fight uh, the Eddie Alvarez fight so I don't know but um, yeah uh, it probably makes more sense to sit out for wait for it to heal yeah so like I, and I ask that because it kind of it's you know I suppose it's maybe not a good thing but you know if if you a lot of lads have a history of, of handbrakes and stuff like that, you know, and if, you, you know, we always talk about Paul Hughes here, obviously he broke his hand a good few times, or, you know, Dominic Cruz or Paulie Malinaji, who we'll maybe talk about a little bit later on or maybe in a, in a podcast to come in a few weeks. So it's not a sign of, you know, he obviously, you know, Conor McGregor doesn't uh, hold back when he's throwing punches, whether in, well, maybe in yeah. training a little bit, but in, in fights and in, in hitting the bag and everything like that. So, I hope, you know, I and there's so many, you know, the, the, the level of competition in that division, it's not as if he could fight a Dennis Lever job, like, and, yeah. you know, kind of not even need it, but it's like, it's it just makes I think more sense just to to heal up when you don't have a fight booked, especially. Yeah, I even when you do have a fight booked and you're in like a position like Conor McGregor, where you've made all this money and it's an important, you know, you're coming off a loss mm-hmm. uh, in the biggest fight pay per view wise ever, and it it, it will it, it will be kind of. He's I never, know, wouldn't be yeah, he's never had as many to... doubters either as he has right now, including myself. Like I, I, I doubt that he can come in and win a, you know, a championship level fight or one of the big fights right now because of what has happened over the last couple of years. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he's hearing a lot of that, and he's always talks about doubters and people not believing in himself, even though they weren't as, you know, as as outspoken or as maybe having reason to be outspoken as they have right now. So it's it's definitely an important time. Well, for I think there was back. there was a lot of people outspoken. Like you know, even when up. he beat Parier and Max yeah. Holloway, people were like, "Oh, who are these guys? He's a guy. He's a nobody." You know, mm-hmm. he got a title shot off Dennis Ever. It was like, well, you know, it was it was like either wait out for Aldo or or fight somebody, and he took the fight. Like a yeah, yeah it's. You're going to be criticised no matter what you do. If he mm-hmm. goes out there and beats any of them top guys and doesn't knock them out straight away, it's going to be it's going to be criticism. And people who don't like him, even if he does go out there and knock them out, it's going to be a lucky punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, I suppose this this week as well, uh, something that gave kind of maybe a lot of his critics and a lot of his fans stuff to talk about was he was on Tony Robbins' podcast. I actually don't think it was this week, but I think it came out this week. It was it was recorded a few weeks ago. But to me, I, I listened to it and. 
you know, there, maybe there wasn't much new as in, you know, he said about, you know, the Habib and he injured his foot beforehand and all like that. And, you know, the fight afterwards that he landed the last uh, blow of the evening. You know, he, he said all those things before. But to me, listen to it. He sounded like, you know, and someone was giving out to me for saying this. He sounded like vintage Conor McGregor. He really, it sounded like, you know, the Conor McGregor that we used to hear before that was enthusiastic and eating blueberries and, you know, talking about not having a, a pot to visit. He sounded like that Conor McGregor. And maybe it's because it was the guy he's on with. I wouldn't be, the, I wouldn't know who he is that much, Tony Robbins, but he's apparently, you know, like a, a motivational speaker kind of guy. He's that sort of guy. And, you know, Conor McGregor obviously loves that, but loves the secret and all. He was talking to him about that and all. But it was. It was good to hear him like that because we haven't really heard him like that for a long time, have we? You know, most of his he, interviews that, you know, he kind of does them on the way lead up to a fight or kind of, you know, he, he doesn't really do that many interviews anymore. And it's kind of good to, to hear him that way. But um, what Well, is, like for me, yeah. I probably like, you know, I see him much more than, suppose, than yeah. most people. So Ooh, I, uh, I'm friends with Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's for, for me, like, it's not like, you know, for most people, they haven't really heard from Conor mm. since... Uh, since like the aftermath of the Habib fight, so uh, f- for me it's kind of it's hard to judge. I I I don't know who really Tim Robbins. I've heard the name, mm-hmm. but I don't really know who he is. Uh, Tony, sorry, isn't, isn't Tim Robbins? <laughs> is he the lad that was you know my next door neighbor? Where he put his head over the the thing. Was that that was him? Wasn't it? Or was that Tim? <clears throat> Tim the Two Man Taylor, that dude. Was he? he was I'm not sure. I'm not I don't sure. know. Yeah, but yeah, go on anyway. What were you saying? I, I literally can't remember now. <laughs> He's been in good form over the last couple of months since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, uh, I hear him, like, he's, he's definitely, like, people say, oh, he's not motivated anymore. He definitely is, like, you know, uh, is it, like, obviously, you need a fight to excite you. And mm-hmm. the, the next fight is definitely, you know, so important in his career. So, like, if that doesn't get you excited, then nothing will. Do you think, like, do you think it has to be Habib to excite him? Not not from a matchmaking point of view or anything, but from an excitement point of view. Like, would something like a Fer- Ferguson or a Gaethje or something excite him? Or do you think it has to be Habib again? No, I think one of those two guys would excite him um, because it would lead to a win. Would lead to like the rematch with Habib, mm-hmm. like, and that's that's the goal. Like, uh, you'd have to think like you know nobody wants to lose a higher profile fight, and, and they obviously always want to get it back. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously that's 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 probably what he's going to aim for, and and if if going out there and you know in his mind he's going out there and knocking some guy out probably like that's probably what he's thinking. If it's Tony, if it's whoever, uh, like the, all these guys, not even just Connor, they're so like they're so um, sure of themselves and so confident in themselves. You have to be like even when you're at a low level, like you have to be very confident mm-hmm. in yourself. And when you've done the things that Connor's done, obviously you have a reason to be confident. So in his mind, he's obviously going out there and, and beating somebody and making that Habib fight even bigger. So mm-hmm. obviously that would be a big motivation. And you you got to make sure you win that and win that impressively to guarantee your, your rematch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Jan, like if you did that, I think people would be mad up for it again. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, Conor Greg, what is, you know, I'm saying as well, what, what does he look like now? But if he goes out there and say it was to beat a Gaethje or to beat a, a Tony Ferguson or even a Poirier in a, in a rematch or something like that, maybe not Poirier if he loses to Habib or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like if he, if he loses, if he wins one of those big or fights. Or Cerrone or whatever. I don't think, maybe, maybe a Cerrone, but I don't think, it, well, if well, the winner of that maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I do think if that's kind of what he needs to get back into people's, Maybe not good graces, but people's mind as a top top class fighter, which he definitely like. 
that Eddie Alvarez fight, I watched it there the other day. I was, I was actually watching the, uh, do you know, remember Joey Diaz did uh, <laughs> the commentary over um, Eddie Alvarez knocking out RDA, which I said the opposite so last funny. week. Apologies yeah. for that. I said RDA knocked out Eddie Alvarez last week, even though it's like my favourite knockout of all time. But someone dubbed uh, that. That jumping knee was so good. Oh, even it was brilliant. It didn't uh, work out at all. It was my, my favourite moment in the UFC history. I love it so much. But someone dubbed that commentary over Conor McGregor knocking out Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> and it was, it's really was like, where's Conor McGregor now? <laughs> like, and it's very funny. But watching that fight back, it's like he he was so good in that fight, and like you know, I'd I'd love to see that fighter back in. You know, hopefully that fighter does come back again because there aren't many uh, lightweights in the world that that could be in that form. I think Habib is probably the only one that does beat him. So look, hopefully he comes back to that form, and and we see uh, we see a, a lot of uh, epic fights from him. Uh, from him again over the, over the next while and hopefully that injury clears up as well and you know for as we mentioned Irish MMA as well Conor McGregor is obviously the main kind of cog in, in Irish MMA as or maybe not the main cog but the main uh, person in, in Irish MMA that people know about and stuff so him coming back and winning as well I'm sure would be a very very good thing for, for MMA and uh, in Ireland so there you go um all right, before we get to UFC Stockholm I want to talk about PFL for a second we know we, we kind of touched on it there last week but uh, they had some good, not some maybe good fights, but they did some okay fights. They had one unbelievable knockout at Andrew Harrison. He wrestled fucking a, <laughs> a dude into oblivion. They had Chris Wade winning a fight and a, f- and a few more uh, as well. But for me, and maybe I'm unique here, but I don't think I'm actually unique probably in people listening to this podcast. But You're definitely unique. Maybe yeah, not in this way. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not in this opinion. <laughs> but uh, gimmick MMA. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of gimmick MMA. And I don't know... But you're a pro wrestling fan and an MMA fan. I know, but I kind of separate them a bit. Like, I love I love MMA fights. Like, I don't care about belts and stuff like that. Now, the odd time of the year, okay, people probably say, you're fucking giving out for 10 minutes last week about Frankie Edgar getting the title shot. The fuck you, that? And that, that is true, so I'm just a hypocrite here. But, I like, I love great fights. And I love... Um, I love just two lads who are like on a winning streak going in there and fighting in a or even in a losing streak two well matched lads getting in there and fighting and that's all I need really and I think that I need that because of the way MMA is like I'm a Man United fan you're a, you're a Liverpool fan a soccer you know soccer fans we, lo- we love the, the sport as well and you can watch Liverpool playing against Brighton or Man United and you want them to win you know if it's coming down to the end of the season you need them to win because there's another game coming next week or in three days time or something you need to pick up those three points whereas this PFL thing it's kind of on the league system and you pick up three points and stuff like that it's it's great and all and if the people were fighting every week like man united and liverpool play every week i think it'd make a lot of sense and people could get into it but nobody is getting into like a league system when lads fight once every three months or once every you know eight weeks or whatever it is it's it's just not possible mma is not made for that it really isn't like I I understand why they do it, and I they do it to be different, and I do not fault them at all for it, a hundred percent. But I don't think it's gonna work to like draw in big fans. I don't think it is gonna do anything for the the uh, the the, the non casual fans, the hardcore fans. Now the hardcore fans like it. I was talking to a couple of lads last night, and they they say they like it, and I I've no problem with you if you do like it a hundred percent. But I 
I just think it's a gimmick. And like, if you really, really think about it, that's all it is really is a gimmick. You still have good lads going in there. When it's a good fight between two good lads or, or ladies who are, who are fighting, you're going to like that fight. If it's a wrestle fest and a lad lying on top of each other or two lads striking, not hitting each other for 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is, you're not going to like it. So I, <laughs> I really think that's it. You know, you'd be happy enough if Liverpool went out next week and uh, drew nil all or were drawn nil all until the 85th minute against Spurs and scored one goal. You wouldn't give one fuck if they won there's no one in the world who wants to go in there and watch their fight watch the, the a fighter win for 15 minutes by taking a lad down and just have a boring fight to get his three points that's just not a thing that's happening is it what am i totally wrong do, do you agree with me <sighs> yeah i think it's like they're trying to get a gimmick because like gimmicks have been kind of proven to work before but this gimmick it's just it's trying to it's trying to combine what works in kind of soccer and other sports with this but as you say then they're fighting so irregularly and injuries in MMA and all that stuff as well it's just a, it's just a mess it's just going to be a mess uh, it's guaranteed to be a mess and um, I, don't, I think most people watching just don't care anyway so it doesn't really affect it mm-hmm. it's just like you can just ignore that and it's fine and maybe the odd person does like it so whatever but I don't see it catching on or anything like that anyway yeah, like I agree. I, I think like when you're watching it that night, I think it's it's grand. But I like I think the main kind of point is that they're not they're not drawing people in. They're, they're, this tournament is not going to draw anyone in. And look, it's I I, I see I don't I don't see anything wrong. With it. I'm not criticizing it, but just for me personally and just my opinion on the the, the gimmick. That's the way it is. Like Lance Palmer as well got a got a, a good win last night in the main event. And I I look forward to seeing him fight always. You know, Andrew Harrison coming back, I think, after his after his first professional loss. You know, uh, Ahmed Aliyev as well got a got a good win. And let me just see who's through that flying knee if I can see it. Uh jeez. Movlid Kabualev. There you go. Why did I look for that one? But that was an unbelievable flying knee. So, you know, it's a good Your card. Boy. Yeah, my boy, definitely. Team Sheehan. And it's free on Thursday as well on uh, on Facebook. So you know, we talked about it last week, and it's hard to stay up on a Thursday, and I was just, I don't know what was wrong, I was i was watching it last night anyway, but you can go back and watch it on Facebook as well, so, you know, it's, they're a good promotion, they're putting on good fights, gimmick aside, I, I still think it's it, it's good, so there, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, they, they, we were talking about the IMMAA, mm. <laughs> not sending enough emails, but. Pro uh, PFL, <laughs> fucking L. Greg Savage. Somebody tell him to relax. <laughs> Phone's going off all over the gaff last night. <laughs> Delete my email address, Greg. For God's yeah, every night. Just give every me a summary night. at the end of the night, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, after if people don't know, after every fight in PFL, they send you like the result of the fight and stuff like that, which is is grand. Like, but it's you wake up in the next morning, you've like forty eight emails from PFL. It's it's very funny, but yeah, look, these things happen in MMA anyway. All right. Um, next week there is a UFC card, but also Cage Warriors card, Tim Barnett, Sean Carter, uh, and a few more people there. Steve Amiable is back as well, which a lot of people would know. Um, and and a few more cards. Uh, K- a few more people on the card. K- or KFC Cage Warriors. Uh, one hundred five. But I wanted to mention as well your boy. Uh, Fabian Edwards re-signing with Bellator your plan didn't work your devious plan to get him out of Bellator fucking backfired Jude Samuel must have been listening here and he gave him a new contract just to fucking piss you off what do you think of that? Yeah I don't know if, if what's in the contract and you know can he get out of it clean even if he's the champion or whatever so like maybe there's a maybe he can break clean but you know he's probably getting paid more by Bellator to stay mm-hmm than he'd get in the UFC now but the potential for earning I think is on the long term is is with the UFC like everybody the proven way nobody's really made huge money Mm -hmm. 
uh, outside of the UFC, bar Trump, uh, Trump's affliction promotion years ago, where mm-hmm. you know everybody was like, yeah, "Show me the money, I'll leave the UFC, no problem." There's, that's not really going on anymore. Nobody has that kind of cash to throw around. Yeah, so it's it's. Uh, there's no rush to get him there, like, but it's going to be. It's it's it's. I think inevitably he's going to he's going to go to the he's going to need to go to the UFC. He doesn't want to turn into like Michael Venom Page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Three more fights might might be okay, but hopefully he can. You know, and I I like Bellator. You know, doing a lot. Of Maybe he has a thing that he'll fight three or four times in the next year. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. But yeah. who depends what the depends what the contract is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Uh, interesting times ahead, I suppose. And what about Sage Narco? You know, and, and you talked about... He gets, he gets too much airtime on so? everything. Yeah, because like, I don't know, it's just... I know it's because he got pushed and he's he's a ridiculously weird character and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm just kind of tired of the whole Sage thing. Obviously, this is a bit different, but um, I never really got the fascination with him. Yeah, I always think it's... I, I don't know what the fascination is really either, but I, I like Sage Narcot. I think he's a nice old lad. I think he's... A, you know, he's a good fighter, but... He, got, yeah, he seems like a really yeah. nice guy and all that stuff, and just, like, super awesomely nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff, and, like, I think a lot of the criticism of him was unfair. He didn't choose to get pushed. Like, you know, obviously, if somebody's promoting you, like, you're not going to be like, oh, don't promote me. And even if he did, he would be like, here, shut up, kid. Like, yeah. And- <laughs> you know, it's not his fault, but I, I don't know. I know he's young and all that, but I just don't see him ever being a top fighter. Yeah, so I never, never saw that. We say that because he got his literally his face broken by Cosmo Alexander. What was it, twenty eight, twenty nine seconds uh, during the week? You know, just a vicious fucking punch knocked out. I think he's what is it, eight fractures in his face or something like that. And oh Jesus, just one of the one of the rawest fucking injuries ever to happen in MMA. With a little bit, as you mentioned, MVP with um with uh, Cyborg there a couple of years ago when he kind of cra- crushed his skull with that with that knee. It was um, probably second to that though, but it was a nasty, nasty injury. Look, I just kind of brought up Sage because I kind I hope he comes back. Like I still think like Sage is an unbelievable athlete. You know, he's a good base there with his his karate and his wrestling and stuff. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like there is a good fighter in Sage, but. You know, as you mentioned, with being so nice, I think you have to be a bit of a dickhead <laughs> to be really good at MMA. To be honest, like I think everyone has a bit of dickhead in them who's who's really good at MMA. And I don't know. Yeah, you can be a really nice guy, him. but you got to be able to turn it on when you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's 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 an interesting time now as well for say See how he kind of bounces back from this. I know he's lost before, but this is kind of the first brutal, unbelievable knockout. You know, I talked maybe it was on the Q and A or on the podcast last week about. Or no, it was on the uh, it was on the Michael Bisping career retrospective. You know, when he got knocked out by Dan Henderson and the way he came back after that and had his still had his kind of iron chin and still had his willingness to kind of maybe not to take a shot to, to land one, but he could still take a shot if he needed to take one, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see whether Sage can de- get that back. You know, a lot of people, in, you know, including myself, have kind of criticised Sage in, in parts earlier in his career for maybe lacking that a little bit. And even remember that choke where it was kind of only half on uh, and, yeah. and, and he tapped off from it. So, you know, it's interesting. To see it's a lot of pressure he's had on it him is, from yeah. very early in his career and not just early in his career, but early young, young, like, you know, since he's been in the spotlight, pushed quick, like, and, it can, it can, that can work out brilliant if you're if you're an upper echelon fighter and you get this push and you can you can take advantage of it. But some guys, you know, just 
the pressure gets to them. I don't know what, what the what if I don't know what would happen with age if if he had a fall regionally and kind of got more confident and then come to the UFC. Maybe now it might be different. Yeah. But it's it's hard to know. Like maybe maybe he just you know hit a ceiling or is close to a ceiling and will never be a top fighter. But he's he. You can push guys too early. Like guys are always looking to get pushed, but sometimes they're not ready. It's kind of the same thing with guys outside of the UFC when they're coming up and they're, they're four and zero and they're calling to get in the UFC. It's like relax, you don't need to be there yet. Like you, you can get there too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Like you know, we we talked about Tom confidence is gone. You've taken damage. Like mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. it's it doesn't always even work out that way. Either. As I mentioned, Tom Dugamore kind of did that, and it's kind of still didn't work out for him. But you know, he was well, he's and Sash was still young in his career. MMA is so difficult to know actually what to do, isn't it? Like because I I always talk to Irish MMA guys and stuff on the podcast here and over on Patreon, and you know. I, I always kind of have a bit of an argument with him saying that uh, taking hard fights straight away isn't the best thing to do and almost all of them always maintain it is. You need to go in there and test yourself. And it's, I don't know who's right, to be honest. You know, and I, I think I'm right, but, but I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. It's, 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 it's a changing world as well in MMA because maybe the good guys five or seven years ago aren't actually as good as a really, really good prospect coming up. Whereas now, even like the, the three or four and all guys, if you're a really good prospect coming up, they might be still better than you just because you're going to move on an awful lot in six months or in a year. You know, it's 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 a change in time in, timing, time in MMA as well. And, you know, for Sage, it's it's changing very fast as well. I suppose we'll, we'll see how he gets on. But, Let's get to this card this weekend. The the, the big card we mentioned, Cage Warriors, and I think you know, uh, just before you finish, just even with somebody like you know Fabian Edwards, who we both think or a lot of people think is going to be, you know, a force we reckoned with, and you know has ever looks to have every skill in uh, in, in the book and, mm-hmm. and looks to have kind of everything you need. Um, but you know, if you if you get in there too early, say if he went to the UFC when he was four now and went in there and lost and then you know the pressure's on for the next one and then if you lose that you're four and two and your kind of career's gone up in smoke yeah like look at Jake Casey even you know I I still think he's a fantastic prospect and he lost a few fights I I know he got new and then he really put it together against Joe Duffy imagine like if he had fought other tough guys on the regional scene then came into the UFC at the stage of, of Joe Duffy, maybe he needed to learn those lessons in the UFC. That's another argument. That's another point you could bring up. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But, you know, some guys get there too early and, you know, it's too easy for them on the on the local scene sometimes. Like, like you're saying about, like, fighting tough or not fighting tough guys at the start. Like four or five, six and oh, or first five, four or five, six fights. Yeah, fight these guys who are like, you know, the Aaron Chalmers situation where everybody's like, why is he fighting these bums? Because he's fucking two and oh, or one yeah. and oh, or whatever. That's why, of course, he's not going in there and fighting Anderson Silva. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a really fine balance and it's, it's really hard to know. And these guys have such, I mentioned earlier about the confidence these guys have in themselves. Like a lot of these guys, um, they always think they can do it. Like, mm-hmm. You know, they watch these guys fighting on TV or whatever and see flaws in their game and they're like, I could do this and beat him this way and you kind of got to have that if you want to be a top level fighter. So, these guys need to be held back by like people around them promotions. Yeah, 100%. And- yeah, I, I I agree with that. Like, cause the funny thing about it is, some lads actually can. You know, you said they're they're watching lads. Conor McGregor's probably watching Jose Aldo and saying, "I can beat. This is how I beat this guy." And then he fucking did it. Like, you know, it's, it's and it's not just McGregor. Lots of people are, are like that. Yeah, like and, if people haven't seen actually, Dem Marquez made an MTV documentary about Conor McGregor when he was the yeah. Cage Warriors champion, and myself, Gav, and Paddy did some filming for it as well. 
And in Dem, uh, Marquez says that Connor, when he's interviewing, he's like uh, talking about Jose Aldo. And Connor's like, What? You think I'm afraid of him? You're like, He's like, Are oh, you ready for Aldo? And he's like, Of course I'm ready. I've been watching him for years. You know, you think I'm afraid of him? I'll, like, wipe him out in the first round. This is even before he's in the UFC. Like, this is the level of confidence these top guys need to have. Like, the. You know, to dedicate your life to this is, is a big risk. Like you can go, <laughs> like there's a lot of people losing MMA fights for every for every winner. There's a loser. Like, and uh, it's it's a tough sport. It's like, mm-hmm. like okay, Conor McGregor's made a lot of money, and some other guys have made a lot of money, but that's a tiny percentage. Like yeah. less than one percent of people who are actually trying to fight MMA. Mm-hmm. I, I know we're gone off a little track, uh, gone off track here a bit, but I, the point you made as well there about you know watching the champions coming up and you know being in there ready to beat that champion practicing to beat that champion for years that makes the likes of an Aldo and a John Jones and an Anderson Silva and a GSP even more impressive the streaks they went down winning championship title fights because everyone coming up is looking at you you know no one coming up is you know he's looking at Mads Vidal how could I how could I you know how could I beat him they're looking at a Woodley you know before Rosman or they're looking at you know Robert Whitaker or you know they're looking at Jones every like Johnny Walker what's Johnny Walker practicing do he's practicing so he can go in there and beat John Jones Demetrius Johnson the same you know lads are coming up yeah, how well, whoever sets him? the bar in your division is the mm-hmm. guy you're going to look to and um, as you said like you know these guys I think the Chris Weidman actually said after he beat Anderson yeah. he was like oh, I, I've been watching him my whole career before he even started him and I studied him so you know I, I knew what he was going to do and obviously Anderson didn't even know what he's going to do but you know he went in there with a confidence because he'd studied him for so long that maybe other fighters of the same era of Anderson Silva the same age group didn't have that confidence mm-hmm. yeah 100% and you know it's an interesting it's an interesting topic as well and I think you know it's something we talk about pretty regularly but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. Um, last week, I must mention Gary Tonin. You know, when we talk about prospects, Gary Tonin looks really good. Like, on the feet, on the ground, obviously, he looks unbelievable. But Gary Tonin, is a, to me, is a top prospect as well coming through. It's interesting to see where, where he goes. And then there's a big Risen card this week as well. The uh, the Super Adamweight title is on the line. Uh, Miu Yamamoto is back in here as well. People that know Jake Hewn, uh, Darren Krushank, and and a few more uh, as well on that card. Before we get to the card over in Stockholm, Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Smith. Watching, watching a bit of tape on these two lads before we did the podcast here. I find it very hard to see Anthony Smith winning here. Do you? Do you? Are you kind of in the same boat? Yeah, I didn't think he'd be Dozemir either though, and yeah. yeah. Like you look at Shogun and Rashad, and maybe they're a bit over the hill, but they're still very good wins. Um, so he's like, you know, he, he, obviously the John Jones fight is completely outmatched, and I think Kasapstan is on a similar level to John Jones. Obviously not as high, but I think he's in the division without Daniel Cormier. There, he's just the second best guy in the division. Uh, I just don't think, I just don't think Anthony Smith is. He he can beat some good guys, but I don't think he can beat the upper echelon guys. Yeah, like I, I, I do agree. And I think Gustafsson's a terrible matchup for him as well. Now, look, Anthony yeah. Smith can go in there and land the one big shot, which which he tries to do. And I'm not I'm not saying he's, you know, he's just a, you know, looking for a lucky punch or anything. But that's his, that's his, that's how he, you know, Conor McGregor is similar. So he goes in looking for a, a, one big punch to knock lads out. You know, Junior DeSantis is like that. Uh, Francis Ngannou, lots of people are like that. But that's the way he is. But I think against Gustafsson, a guy who moves around an awful lot, 
who can pick lots of different shots, who's real good variation uh, in his shots. Anthony Smith is really good when he can kind of push you back as well and hold you against the fence and hit you with those big elbows over top. And when I say hold you against the fence, I don't mean like grind out Johnny Hendricks style. I mean like just push you against the fence and dirty boxing against the fence, dirty elbows against the fence. He's really good at that. But it's very hard to do that to Alexander Gustafsson. He's just so smart in that area. He's so smart with his footwork. And watching some of that Glover to Sheriff fight again, he, that, that's one of the best performances ever in the UFC. I really honestly think that. He, he was just phenomenal in that fight. He's, his lead hook, his uppercuts, he just bamboozled Glover Teixeira. And people know how much I rate Glover Teixeira. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I think he's one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC. But if Alexander Gustafsson can do that to him, I think he can easily do it to Anthony Smith. I think Glover Teixeira, you know, on his day, at, Glover Teixeira at his best, I think is is a better fighter than, uh, than Anthony Smith. But... You know, it's it, it's it's an interesting fight to see if Smith has learned lessons from the John Jones fight. Because what what happens when you're fighting John Jones and you're a hitter like Anthony Smith? He's going to make it very hard for you to hit him. Yeah, I said that correctly. <laughs> and that's what he does. Like, what does what Anthony Smith... I mean, Anthony Smith, to me, seems like a really intelligent guy in that he'd look at that fight and learn things from it and find ways maybe... Maybe not to beat him next time, but maybe to make it better or make himself better. And I think he'll need maybe similar things to make himself better or give himself a better chance against Alexander Gustafsson. That's, so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to uh, coming in here. All in all, though, I think Gustafsson's going to be able to keep him at the end of his jab. I think he'll be able to dodge those shots. And Anthony Smith doesn't yeah. set up those shots too well. It's, it's one big shot at times. Now, he's a, he's a good jab and stuff like that. But I think Alexander Gustafsson is a phenomenal jab. Uh, and just, just he's just going to be too much for him, I think. What do you think? Yeah, he's bigger and longer, and he's able to use like a lot of guys who are bigger and longer than guys don't use their reach. Yeah. But Gustafsson has shown that he's that's what he does. Like he's willing to kind of get on his bike and jab people if he has to as well. Like you know, he's a smart fighter. He like that fight with John Jones, razor close. Like you know, if if, if he had more cardio there, like you know, he could have won that. Like it, it was people think he did win it. Like you know, he, he's he's a phenomenal fighter, and I just I just think Anthony Smith can obviously. You know he can hang with a lot of guys and he can beat a lot of guys, but I I, I just think the the style matchup and just the the all round ability of uh especially on the feet, is going to be a lot too much for for Anthony Smith. But you're in the main event in your in your hometown, there's a bit of extra pressure maybe. He's done it before. He's lost there before. I think did he did he lose there before? Ah, uh, he did. Yeah, Anthony, or Anthony Johnson knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah. So you know maybe that will come into it a little bit. Like a, a lot of this game is mental and confidence and stuff like that. But I, I just think. I just think he, he a lot of things would have to go wrong for Gustafsson for this this to lose this fight, but they're they're big guys and you know there's a lot of power in these punches and we can, can see happen. how quickly mm-hmm. yeah anything can happen like he's no Rumble Johnson but you don't need to be as big as Rumble Johnson mm-hmm. to put guys away in 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 the heavier divisions. Yeah, as you mentioned that hometown as well, that pressure can can tell sometimes as well, and you know that that could be a, an interesting thing as well to see. Yeah, some guys thrive on pressure, but it's very rare. I don't know yeah. Gustafsson at all, but. Uh, <laughs> extra pressure can, can go either way yeah that is true um, it's kind of a bit of a light heavyweight maybe not tournament but a, a merry-go-round here in, in the top three fights we gimmick. have uh, gimmick <laughs> it's gimmick MMA at its finest here over in Stockholm so we, I wonder will Philip Philip Ilblana be there Philip O'Connor be there we, may, we might get him on next week to talk about it if he is um but, yeah I actually might not be around next week I'll tell you about it afterwards so maybe that'll be perfect sake, yeah 
Thanks for telling me, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but I can. I'll get Philip on if he's around, maybe. Um, Volkan Ozdemir versus Ilir Latifi. Volkan Ozdemir, just looking at his record here, it's kind of wanted to get away from you. He's on three losses in a row here to, to Dominic Reyes only in March. So he's coming back relatively quickly yeah. from that. Uh, Dean Anthony Smith and, and Daniel Cormier in, in that title shot uh, before that as well. Big fight for him, isn't it? For, you know, Volkan, me included, and I think you as well to rated him pretty highly, but it's it's kind of gone a bit downhill if he doesn't beat Ilir Latifi. It's, it's, you know, four losses in a row. Not easy to come yeah. back from. Like, he had a lot of momentum and, and momentum and confidence, as we talked about, is he's huge now, man. And he looked, he looked like really good. Obviously, uh, Ovin St. Prue was a, was a close fight, but he went out there and knocked out Manoa and Serkinov in the first round and saw himself in a Cormier fight. And, and I don't think, I think a lot of people had a confidence in him. Like, I don't think the odds were that wide. Um, Obviously, he lost there, and, and since then, Anthony Smith, who we talked about earlier, like was it was an unexpected loss, and Dominic Reyes was a close fight as well. That lost, so then, now the pressure's really on. It's kind of make or break, nearly as a as a top guy. If you mm-hmm. if you want to get back to that title, you you got to win this. And Lerda TV's a good fighter, but he's he's not a top guy. If you can't beat how, him, then how fucking dare you? <laughs> like he's a very good fighter he's very powerful he, he's done a lot better than like a lot of people made fun of him mm-hmm. uh, calling him what was it Queen what's her name Queen Latifi Queen. <laughs> really I've never heard that before I like it though. yeah when he first came and uh, he came in for it was a bit of a joke like the whole situation He, mm-hmm. I think he he was more injured than Gustafsson and they wouldn't let Gustafsson fight mm-hmm. a little cut and he had like a Banjack's knee or something I can't remember the exact situation yeah. but uh, he, he's done a lot better than maybe most most thought when he joined the UFC and I noticed but if you can't beat him it's going to make a break for for Ozdemir and maybe some of the outside problems have in his, in his life have perfected his career but nobody cares about that when it comes to mm-hmm. your record like your record is your record yeah, definitely. And I think you're a little bit unfair on Latifi. I think he's improved an awful lot. Okay, when he came into the UFC, maybe all right, but you know, beating. I just said I'm saying he's not upper echelon. Like. In the light heavyweight division, is he like? He's he probably is upper upper echelon light heavyweight division. Now he's not John Jones or Gustafson or anything like that, but. He's but he said they're losing to Corey Anderson in his last fight. Yeah, yeah, but he beat OSB and beat uh, Tyson Pedro and beat John Valente Well, okay, I didn't, but Tyson Pedro, I think, is a pretty good guy. And, OSP went five runs with John Jones. So. Yeah, no, no, these are good guys. Like, you know, Ryan Bader is a, like, he lost to Ryan Bader. He's a very good guy, but mm-hmm. he's probably not up on either. I'd be interested that's in seeing Ryan Bader the, back in the UFC the now. double but, champ you're talking about there. How fucking Yeah, I, I, I think he's probably, you know, maybe he's a bit better than, than he was when he left the UFC. It's hard to know. Mm-hmm. But Do you think better be Gustafson now? No. Do you think so? I, I don't, that's been interesting. Way. I'd like to see it, but I, I probably agree with you. It's interesting as well, you know, we talk about Gustafson, obviously. It's interesting to see where, you know, what's the motivation for a guy like that as well, who's lost to John Jones now twice, lost to Daniel Cormier. It must be tough to kind of, what are you, what are you really fighting for? Like, it's, it's going to be very hard to get another title shot. Well, like, look, look at Bisping, though. Like, you could be, you just hang around long enough. But he never got a title shot, to... though. He did, Michael Bisping. Well, not until he won it. Yeah, exactly. But you hang around long enough, like mm-hmm. you, you, the fight will fall out, and you'll be in there, like you know, or you, you just you never run into people to give a title shot to, and you'll be facing Daniel Cormier or you'll be facing John Jones again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta stay ready, as the as the old adage goes, as, yeah. or the recent yeah, the run <laughs> from like three years ago. Uh, Jimmy Mana as well on on three losses, lost to Volkan Blahovic and uh, Thiago Santos as well coming in here fighting um, Alexander Rakic who sounds like uh, 
a Croatian footballer from the, the mid 90s. He could have been passing the ball into Pavlo Nedved or one of Is Nedved, is he Croatian? Oh, no, he's from Czech Republic, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Around there anyway. But he's Igor Bishan. Igor Bishan. Some lad to win the Liverpool Champions League final, wasn't he? Remember? Remember that? When he went off, well, he went off injured, didn't he? Schmitzer. Schmitzer, was it? Oh, yeah, Schmitzer. Oh, no. Schmitzer came on for Bishan, was it? No, oh Bishan didn't play. I think he had a, he had a, he scored a goal in one of the rounds. Uh, oh. Had like a barnstorming run from midfield, but uh, no, uh, Smeeter came on as a sub for Harry Kuehl and uh, Jeez, Harry banging in a goal and a, and a penalty. Jeez, do you remember that goal Jimmy Shore got where he like <laughs> the down turned into his own net? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he that. was the captain, it was like it was like this youth side, and he was like the only senior player. And he was like the captain, and it was like you know this proud day for him. And then he just the down turns into his own net against Burnley to lose one 0 It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but yeah, other other than there's, you know, there's a few good fights on on this card. Macwan Amir Khani training obviously out of SPG against uh, Liverpool's own Chris Fishgold. That's an interesting fight, isn't it? You know, Fishgold. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Picked up his first win like, there recently. Yeah, two good wrestlers, kind of different styles of wrestling. Like, uh, it's more kind of power with Fish Gold and maybe more position over. Well, obviously, he does have finishes on his record, but I think uh, Amir Khani's a bit more kind of funky nearly in his in his style of wrestling. Uh, but it's interesting to see. Like, uh, I think I think Fish Gold will probably be the stronger guy, but being a stronger guy in, in scrambles isn't necessarily going to win them for you so it's going to be interesting to see but uh, Macwan Macwan Amir Khan it's hard to say for some reason mm-hmm. um, uh, you know he's quietly been since uh, joining the UFC he's quietly gone 4-1 and one in the UFC losing a split decision to Arnold Allen and Arnold Allen's obviously a very good fighter and he's, he, he beat Jason Knight in his last fight uh, Amir Khan he did mm-hmm. so you know, he's like this would be five and one in the UFC against Fishgold. If he can beat Fishgold, it's kind of time for a step up and see if he can he, he can hang with the the top featherweights. He's thirty now, so like it's it's kind of the this is this is a very important fight for him. I think. Yeah, and he he only fights kind of once a year though as well. I think it's his biggest problem. It's just, last year, I think it was the twenty seventh of May last year since he since he last fought, and it was what March or April or something <clears throat> the year before. I think he fought. So that's what two two fights in twenty six months or whatever. So that's a big issue for him as well. And if he could get in here and you know get a win over Chris Fishgold and, and maybe get another one quickly enough, it's it, you know that that featherweight division as well as we saw. You know, Frankie Edgar's getting the title shot here. There isn't that much. <laughs> will you relax on that? Will you? <laughs> Oh, it make people feel bad for Frankie yeah, Edgar. People expect it. People Bragging expect on him it. every week. But the new, but, uh, you, you lost the Bellator TV deal, so your new thing is Frankie Edgar. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, Jesus, actually, Mo- see. Um, need something to moan about throughout the podcast. AEW, the, the wrestling uh, thing, they haven't even started yet, and they already got a TV deal with ITV. Jesus, why didn't you get them out of Bellator, boys? Fuck's sake. Anyway, uh, Stevie Ray is on this card as well. Tanya Evinger versus Lena Landsberg, which in the women's bantamweight division could be a, a fight to provide, you know, maybe not a, someone for a title shot, but someone to get towards that over the next uh, couple of years. And there's a few other people <laughs> as well. But, um, yeah, anyway. Any, any more crack with you, anyway, Graham, before we go? Have we anything else to talk about? Let me look at the, the topics here. Have we gone through them? PFL gimmick MMA, we talked about that. Fabian Edwards, yeah, McGregor, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think we've it all covered anyway. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Any more news with Great. you? What are you up to for the weekend? Bit of a barbecue um, or anything, or a few points? I don't or... know. The weather's been kind of up and down. It's, it's. Yeah, hopefully, we'll get some sun, but it, the sun comes out for an hour and then it's behind the clouds. So mm-hmm. uh, you don't necessarily need the sun for a barbecue, but it obviously makes it a bit better. Yeah, I remember we had a barbecue there one year. It no was football actually, this weekend, though, no, or the cha- the playoff final this weekend. I think it's Monday. Aston Villa against oh, uh, Derby. I think it's Monday. What's that all about? Is the is the Europa League final this weekend? No, or is it Wednesday? 
Ah, who cares? Yeah, who cares? That's true. Jeez, there was some. Man, no fans of the Europa League. We do, yeah. Are we the reigning champions? We are the reigning champions, are we? I was there before. No, no it was last year. Yeah, Ajax. Yeah, we beat. No, Ajax. That was a couple of years ago. Was no, it? no, no. Yeah. No. Oh, we win so many European cups and so many <laughs> cups that we can't even remember. <laughs> we fight. We actually. We've won five European Cups, haven't we? We won the Champions League Cup way before Liverpool. So if you win it next week, it's only the, the cup we won 20 years ago that you're taking anyway. So. No, no, Liverpool in 2005 for winning it five times got the, the, yeah, the real cup that Man United won. In, we had won the same cup in 99. Yeah, we had in, it before it's you. in Liverpool's trophy room now. Yeah, she actually. What have you, you want to go done? see? You want to go see the 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 Man United trophy? You gotta. You've pay, only won one of them, haven't you? You've only won one Champions League, haven't you? It was like a European Cup or something like that. You'd have to try. Oh, Man United with their name change thing. It's a weird <laughs> obsession Man United have with, with if you change the name. But if you change the name from Premiership to Premier League, it still counts because does, yeah. they won them. But everything else needs to be written off if the, if the name changes. Well, one thing is for sure: you never fucking won any. You know, Man United fans like you know, their uh, logic is, is, is not there. Though. Not their strong suit. John, but the best thing ever that was when Bur- when um, Brighton scored against Man City. Oh, that was hilarious. They were all the champagne was popping. Oh, it was fucking great. Oh, yeah, but Brighton never won. Brighton were shitting your cacks. Brighton never won a fucking game. You were shitting your cacks. You should have you you done a, a live webcam of uh, John G and shitting cacks watching <laughs> the last game of the season. <laughs> Can't believe we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that was all right, though. Was, like, we would have got so many Patreon. <laughs> we do it on Patreon. We would have we, been rolling in the money. Well, I do it we should have you watch Liverpool and Tottenham yeah, live on a webcam. League, yeah. If people tell me, sign up. If we, what are we now? If we get to 200, 200 Patreon subscribers, I'll do a full 90 minute uh, stream oh of me. <laughs> So sign up patreon.com forward slash the podcast. You wanted to, yeah, Jesus. I'd yeah. say I'd say you talk awful shit when you're when you're watching the game. But I was watching a game before years ago in uh, up in up in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. with uh McGahan, uh Peachy and Niall. Oh yeah, I heard uh, about McGrath. that. McGrath was going mad. That's I think it was Arsenal. It was Arsenal and Man United and United were winning and Giroud equalized like fucking five minutes ago or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I was about to explode. I remember recently video. I, was, that, I started actually. filming him, but I, like it was kind of it already. It had already kind of he hadn't calmed down like by normal standards, but by mm-hmm. normal standards, he'd, he'd calm down completely. Mm-hmm. No, but he's uh, a yeah, madman though. He's a fucking madman, that lad. Sure, these things <laughs> he's also, a, he's uh, a wonderful point man he's a great the drink suits him I told him that before he's a totally different <laughs> man on the drink it suits him but uh, yeah <laughs> also uh, your questions we'll answer all the questions on, on the Q&A over on Patreon this week so feel free to keep sending them in uh, Evan Keaveney actually had a question there before we go Sean who would you like to see United sign over summer Graham who would you like to see Liverpool sign over summer Any, anyone for you like United have loads of people but anyone for Liverpool you'd like to see him sign um <sighs> Kylian Mbappe. It'd be class, like, you know, yeah. imagine the front three then, like Mane, Salah. Oh, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you stole that joke from me. I was just going to say it. Oh, that's actually, I hate Liverpool, like, but that's one their best joke. I, I love that. Joke. <laughs> it's, brilliant. it's a brilliant joke, yeah. What, what, it's always like, um, oh, we, we signed Messi, we'd have a front three <laughs> for me. Well, imagine Liverpool's front three if they signed Messi yeah. for me, you know, Mane and Salah. Salah yeah. <laughs> but there's uh, rumours Delit might be signing for Liverpool. If he had that, you'd definitely win the league. I, don't I, I, I think Joe Gomez is, like, his partnership with Van Dijk was unbelievable. I think it was 14 games in, they conceded eight or nine goals in the Premier League together, and obviously, Joe Gomez has broken a bone in his leg and he broke his leg 
properly fully broke his leg before mm-hmm. so maybe maybe that that's the issue you know Matip was phenomenal uh, in uh, in place of, of Gomez once he kind of got five or six games in a row he kind of got into a groove and was really good but for like building a partnership with Van Dijk I think Gomez but obviously if if the lift is going to cost a lot of money I don't think it's a, a position that Liverpool really need uh, Shakiri has obviously been really well for Liverpool, but you know Nabil Fakir was trying to—they were trying to sign him last year, and mm-hmm. he just kind of failed the medical from from what people were saying. So they're obviously looking to—they were looking to threaten there. They're going to spend a lot of money on him. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the position. Shakiri is probably a bit of a stopgap, and he and he did well. Like you know, he he bangs in a couple of goals against the mid-table teams like Man United, but yeah. mm-hmm. and he and he had a good assist against Barcelona, but he was pretty anonymous in that in that uh, game up until the assist and in the first game against Barcelona he was giving the ball away all over the place yes. uh, so uh, I think Liverpool will be better off strengthening there because I know Salah Mane and Firmino don't really get injured like Firmino this season had a couple of little niggle injuries like somebody poked him in the eye real badly and he was out for a few weeks and then this is a little injury at the end of the season but they generally don't get injured but all it takes is one bad tackle or unfortunate fall and you need better backup I think than like Lalana is not really fitting into that front three. The Ox is coming when back. Though, play, yeah, the Ox is coming back, but he's not really a front three player. He's kind of a runner from midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and go out there. About, he kind um, of goes out there and drops hand grenades, as uh, Bill Shankly apparently said to Kevin Keegan. What about <laughs> uh, your man Wood, Woodburn? Looks really good, and Wilson. They're on about selling <laughs> that Wilson dude. He looks really good. Why would they sell him? Well, yeah, it's just like how it's, it's getting into that front three of Liverpool. Yeah, but still, he's, not, he's not really pacey. He's more. He's never played in the Premier League as well. I don't think he's not made no appearances in the Premier League. So, mm-hmm. if if the twenty five million is being that is being talked about, is people are offering that, then you could see you could see selling. Maybe Jurgen Klopp will take a take him on preseason. Take a, take a little look at him mm-hmm. and then decide. I think that'll be kind of the, the. Maybe you could like you know if Derby end up going up. Yeah. You stay with Derby another year, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if they don't, you could probably loan him to another Premier League club, and he's mm-hmm. he's like he's not going to lose that much value. That's like true. people are paying fifteen million for Jordan Ibe and like shit like that. Like so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think take him. Man United seem to be signing players like that. You know, to wanting to sign like Longstaff and this Daniel James and stuff like that, which I have no problem with. I'm happy enough. They're fucking. Sign a few young lads. Sign. They're looking at Rakitic as well. He'd be a good lad to have yeah. in there. What age is he now, though? He's like 31, I think. But yeah, it's not too a job bad. for a couple of years. Like that, I think that's the sort of player to, to actually... <laughs> if you sign all young players, you're fucked. Like. But I uh, like. I, I really think Man United's <laughs> biggest problem is getting rid of lads like Lukaku. Lukaku needs to go. Like They're on about signing Dembele. I think that'd be a good sign. I think he's a good player. But Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of Jesse Lingard. Like Dybala is another one who, like, you know, I think he's been a bit overshadowed by Ronaldo. He's, I think... He's only scored what ten? I think I heard somebody only scored ten goals as opposed to twenty odd last year. But mm-hmm. obviously, it, kind of everything goes through Ronaldo when Ronaldo plays. Kind of like everything goes through Messi when Messi plays. So mm-hmm. it's different dynamic there. But I think he's a lot of talent as well. I wouldn't like if he's signed for Liverpool. Like I, I kind of trust Jurgen Klopp. He kind of knows what he's doing. Like when he goes there and signs somebody, it, it is for. It's not just like oh, Alexis Sanchez is available. Let's fucking get him. Yeah. You know, he's he's not really the kind of guy to do that. Or the Liverpool board uh, aren't really the. The type that's not the kind of decision they've been making recently. Would Obviously, you, would you take Gareth Bale? See if like, I think he's. I think like a couple of years ago, I would have. But now, I think, I think he's. What is he? Thirty, thirty-one. Mm. He's been injury prone his whole career. He's going to be a lot of, a lot of wages. I think. 
I think he'd do well at Liverpool, though. I think he'd fit in well, you know. Yeah, like we can make that joke again. He'd fit in well in the on the yeah. bench after the front <laughs> three. Country, yeah. But yeah. like, is he gonna want to? Is he gonna like? Okay, obviously he believes in himself. Probably he thinks like, oh, this remedy thing is just a disaster. But I'm a brilliant mm. player, and he and he's right. But if he's not getting to, if he if he moves to Liverpool, is is he guaranteed to get into that front three? Like he probably play a lot of games, but when it comes down to like a Champions League final or whatever, is he gonna be starting? Like that's he wants to go to a club where he's the main man. Yeah. I think like. He wants to be appreciated and like obviously Liverpool is probably an exciting project uh, in his eyes like you know uh, like like you know obviously Man United a few years ago there was a lot of rumours but he probably doesn't want to go there now because mm, you know shit. it's fucking a disaster at the moment and he's he's, he's probably got one kind of contract left in him at the top level yeah. would, so, you, would uh, you take Coutinho yeah. back? yeah definitely would you? where would you play him though? On the bench, should <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, just, <laughs> like Coyle, I don't think he fits. Coyle's in. gotten better, and but like you know, against bad teams, Coutinho is is, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and and he's he, he, at the end of his Liverpool career for the last year or two, he turned into a big game player as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I, I take him back just for the fact that I wouldn't want him signing for any of the rivals because he's so good. Yeah, the about United signing him. I think that would be a disaster yeah. for him. Like, why would he do that? Like, I don't know. Money, like he's, I don't know. Yeah, I think he, he's going to have a lot of options. and I think he'd probably stay though. Uh, yeah, maybe. Are they going to be able to recoup similar money than that they paid for him? I don't think so. I suppose it comes down to what happens with Griezmann as well because Griezmann said he's like, leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Griezmann's going to cost, what, 120 million release clause. Yeah. Is, is, like, if you, if you sign him, it's probably your only signing of the season and mm-hmm. Barcelona look like they need a, <laughs> a lot more work than than just bringing Griezmann. Yeah, they got Frankie, look like that's where their problem is. Yeah, they got Frankie De Jong already, and then they're looking like they want to delete as well. But Mio Noriola is his uh, agent, and how much is like, going to cost? Him. Oh yeah, exactly. know, like seventy million or something. But he's trying to kind of half flog him to Man United now. But he's obviously just playing Man United off because he wants to get yeah, more money no, out of Barcelona. That'd be so. a disaster for the as yeah. well. If, if I was Man United now, I'd just come out and say I don't want them because they're just playing him off. I I think Man United should sign Harry Maguire. I think they should get him. I think he's a very good defender. <laughs> good player. England's Harry Maguire. You mean? Yeah, England. Good old player, and sign one Basaka and a few like sign young lads that are up and coming that Man United can actually get. You know, don't be going for fucking Dybala and Griezmann. So just avoid that sort of shit now and get rid of Lukaku as well, and get rid of Jesse Lingard and Rojo and fucking Darmian and a few more of them as well. And big, big, anyway, big, here we're gonna yeah, people go are gonna be screaming at us. That's it. All right, if you didn't like MMA, just turn off the last five minutes of my podcast. <laughs> yeah, just turn back the time. And turn back the time. <laughs> We'll put it in the description, possibly. Probably won't. Uh, all right, oh everybody. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Let's end it here on the inspirational quote of the week. Happiness is found when you stop comparing yourself to other people. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'm on there, Sunday or Saturday or Friday. Even. Good luck.